Before we get started, today's episode of the Goldcast, this is a Goldcast hot take edition, is sponsored by Mechanical Pencils. Are you tired of typing? Are you tired of lead number two pencils? Then use Mechanical Pencils. They're mechanical. They have a little button on the top of the eraser where the lead comes out. The lead can go back in. Once they're done, you can throw them away forever. You don't, you don't need to keep them. You don't need to keep sharpening them. And then you've got all the shavings and it's just a big mess. So when you're tired of typing and when you're tired of using lead pencils, try mechanical pencils available everywhere at a store near you. Raymond, where can they find us? You can find us on our brand spanking new Instagram page at the Goldcast, as well as like us at facebook.com slash the Goldcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at the Goldcast underscore. Make sure to add the underscore at the end of that for the Twitter handle. And most importantly, you can subscribe to us via iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher, all under the same moniker of The Goldcast for all three of those. And those are the big ones because when we go live, you can hit the notification tab on your phone or tablet or desktop, whatever device you're using, and you will get notified when we post our show live on the interwebs for you and your listening pleasure, no matter what you're doing. Subscribe, listen, post, reply back, comment. We are here listening. Boom. All right. So today's hot take edition of the Goldcast, we are going to argue the topic that we first posted on our Instagram page, on our Facebook page about rumors about, well, there's rumors that the Bears are shopping Jay Cutler. And then, of course, First Take picked up this story a couple days ago and immediately Max Kellerman and who was the other guy, Ray? Jeff Saturday. That's right. Jeff Saturday. They immediately picked up the story and said that the Niners or the Browns should trade for uh, Jay Cutler, which we're going to we're gonna get into that in a minute here. Here we go. It's a, the Friday Goldcast Hot Take Edition. Let's get busy. San Francisco, are you ready? Are you ready? This is the Goldcast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host, Raymond Salisa First, baby. Boom! Here we go, Raymond. Goldcast hot take edition. As we already mentioned before the intro, uh, there was a story that was coming out. Jay Cutler, the Bears are trying to shop around Jay Cutler, their quarterback. And of course, I immediately put on the Instagram page and the Facebook page, 49ers, this is in no way a good deal. We should we should not be biting on this. These 49er faithful say no. And then that same day, several hours later, on first take, we have Stephen A. Smith, Max Kellerman, and Jeff Saturday all discussing Jay Cutler. And of course, Max Kellerman. Now, let me preface this first by saying I really enjoy the new first take team. I love Max Kellerman. I love Stephen A. Smith. I don't always agree with everything they say, but I love their energy. I love their bombasticness. I love how over the top they are. And I love actually how poignant they are. Max, they, Max and Stephen A. Smith do a lot of homework, and they definitely they know their stuff. So I respect what they have to say. Having said that, I don't always agree. Max Kellerman goes on there, and he says this. He talks about how the the uh, th- that Jay Cutler is worth a fifth round draft pick or above and the kind of team that he needs to go to is a team that's looking for a quote unquote 
tackling dummy with upside. That just, we're going to get into that in a second. Then Jeff Saturday goes on, and Jeff Saturday says that he actually thinks that they, that Jay Cutler's worth a fourth or possibly a third-round draft pick. Fourth or lower, I think. <laughs> that was, I laughed when he, when he said that. <laughs> that was insane! Okay, so let's, let's... Stephen A. Smith was the only voice of reason. He was the only one that said, no, no, no one needs... To, Jeff, Jay Cutler's not worth anything to anybody. So let's get into this. I'm, this is a direct attack and argument onto Max Kellman and Jeff Saturday's side. This is our Goldcast hot take. I'm going to start off this first. Number one, okay... This is why this is why Max Kellerman and Jeff Saturday are highly successful. I will start with a highly successful anchorman on a sports debate talk show and not GMs of professional football team. I don't understand what the upside is of getting a quote unquote tackling dummy with upside. A tackling dummy with upside. You have a team that's won two and fourteen games. They're completely demoralized. They were completely demoralized by the end of this year. Then you have them. You have the 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 Jed York. Fire the complete front office again. Fire the head coach. The third head coach in three years. And now we're starting brand new, fresh. We've got we've got John Lynch as the GM, we who who Jim Harbaugh also approved, by the way. We'll talk about that another day. Uh, then we and then we have Kyle Shanahan. It's a brand new day, brand new energy. Why are you gonna bring in a quote unquote tackling dummy with upside here's the thing about jay cutler he's never shown any leadership skills outside of his getting his hundred million dollar contract i've never gotten the impression he gives a damn about playing football he's not very good uh our father rudy Solis jr always calls says he's colorblind because jay cutler has the impression that he's always throwing the ball uh to his own team when he's actually throwing it to the opposite team he's an internet machine he's an interception machine but my main thing for him it isn't really so much his playing it's the intangibles it's the fact that he's not a leader he doesn't seem to care i never get the impression he gives a flying shit about professional football. And that's not the kind of person we want on the inaugural year of Kyle Shanahan's start as a head coach. You don't need a tackling dummy with upside. You need someone in there. You know, you do need a bit of a stop back quarterback, but a tackling dummy with upside and someone who, in my opinion, is demoralizing like Jay Cutler is not the answer. Totally agree. I, I, I really laughed when Jeff Saturday said that because I was like, all right, Jeff Saturday, tremendous player. He was the, the center for the Colts during the glory years with him and Peyton Manning. He won a chip with Peyton Manning. Great player. Always respected him. Very polite, very professional, consummate pro. But there's a reason why, just as you pointed out, you're paid to sit and commentate about football via ESPN versus – getting paid to sit in a conference room with a bunch of NFL executives discussing the trade value or monetary value of any given player, new or veteran. And you just proved it when you said, yeah, he can be worth, I think he's worth a fourth or third round pick. No, he's not, Jeff Saturday. Thank you. Go enjoy your Saturday tomorrow because this is not (laughs) – the day that you should be talking about sports in this manner um, in terms of value evaluation. No, not absolutely not. This is very similar to the conversation that was today on First Take when they were talking about Colin Kaepernick and that he had a good meeting with John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. He left excited and they are being open and honest with him. At the same time, there are details of the conversation that are going to remain sacred. Granted, that's a given. 
Jay Cutler is the worst decision that you could. In fact, I, you have a better chance. The point I'm trying to make is that you have a better chance keeping Kaepernick as that quote unquote stopgap than Jay Cutler. He's a better choice. And let's let's look at some of the numbers of Jay Cutler. He has thrown double-digit picks in seven of his 10 NFL seasons, including two of those years within that seven that he led the NFL in interceptions. He has never won. He's only won over 500. He's only been over 500 for three out of his seven NFL seasons. In fact, the last five years, he's won six or less games in each of those seasons. He was injured this past season, but at the same time, you know, he only won one game of the five that he played. So this is a guy who has been grossly inconsistent for the majority of his career. And his interception ratio, granted that Colin Kaepernick has thrown single-digit interceptions in every single year of his career except for one season. That was in 2014 when the Niners were 8-8. and He threw 10 picks that year. Other than that, this guy has largely, mostly, protected the football. And... That's the kind of that's that's a really good thing to have. Uh, granted, Jay Cutler's played ten seasons. He's thrown 146 interceptions in ten years. Colin Kaepernick's only thrown 30. But by comparison, let's let's break down the numbers. So he's thrown Colin's thrown 30 picks in six seasons. That means that in order to to match Jay Cutler, he would have to throw 114 picks over the course of the next four seasons in order to match Jay Cutler. That that ratio is insane. That's insane. Um. There's so many. So, so many wait, he's thrown. Hold that. on, Raymond. He he's thrown thirty interceptions in six years. Is that what you said? Colin Kaepernick has. Yeah, yeah. That's and an average. Cutler's thrown one hundred and forty-six. So that's 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 an average of five interceptions a year. One hundred and forty-six over ten. That's an average of fourteen point six a year, or fourteen a year. <laughs> yeah, and and just as just as I pointed out, he's thrown double digit. It picks in seven of his 10 NFL seasons. His rookie year, when he played the least, he threw five picks. That was his best year. This, Although he threw five picks this year too, but that was only playing five games. He also only played five games in his rookie season. So if you keep him to a five-game minimum, you'll get, you'll get a good touchdown-interception ratio uh, <laughs> out of Jay Cutler. So, but but it, this is a terrible decision. And my, the, my response to this is simple. Not only do the statistics you know, tell a larger picture of what Jay Cutler is really all about. Obviously, Stephen A. had a really good point talking about the other aspect of being a quarterback, the leadership qualities, the personality qualities, the temperament qualities of a quarterback that Jay Cutler obviously lacks largely. Colin Kaepernick has actually matured in that category, uh, believe it or not. And he's won the respect of his teammates more so than he did during his three NFC championship runs with Jim Harbaugh, I would argue. That's what I see in the locker room, anyways. Uh, nobody really talks bad about him. Even in last year, when it was when there was a lot of more negative press talk, uh, there was a lot of controversial talk in his protests before the games. Despite all of that, everybody seemed to still remain glued together, despite all the adversity, despite only winning two games. He won a leadership award. He won some yeah, sort of he, leadership award. He even award. won an award. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, the answer remains just as we spoke about last week. Colin Kaepernick is your answer to bridge the gap between your building process now and when your franchise quarterback, future quarterback, comes into the equation. You don't want to throw him in the mix now. You want somebody there. Yes, you do need a tackling gum, dummy, but I, you don't. 
I hate that but, phrase, you know, though. I hate that I do, phrase. I do hate that phrase, too. What, what you need is a competent quarterback, a veteran, who has leadership qualities to help bridge the gap between now and when you become competitive again, in the 49ers' case. And the answer to that is Colin Kaepernick. The reasons why are very, very simple, and Jerome Bettis was very good at pointing that out today in today's uh, First Take episode, too. Obviously, we're fans and we watch the show. Uh, and this is why I love Jerome Bettis. He's been one of my favorite players for a really long time, he, all, going all the way back to uh, Tecmo Super Bowl days when I used to play with him on Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> Jerome Bettis is great. And he was saying that, look, Colin Kaepernick ha- is, is, is a competent quarterback who's more than capable, who's won at the hi- almost at the highest level, was one play away from doing that with the Niners and almost one play away from going to back-to-back Super Bowls. So clearly there's obviously you need a supporting cast to, to continually do that. But at the same time, he was one of the nucleus parts that, that contributed to that success. And so here's the thing, here's what happens. What do you get with Colin Kaepernick? Why, why am I making this case so strongly when there's so many people that just want to see Kaepernick go? Well, here's the point, the point we are two and 14, we have to rebuild again. So, and whatever quarterback comes in is not going to start playing a la Joe Montana or a la Tom Brady out of the gate. It just doesn't happen. Not even Tom Brady or Joe Montana did that. So there's going to be a period where he has to assimilate to NFL style of play, the speed, the complexity of the playbook and and gelling with your teammates because you know you, you have to start from scratch every time. So in Colin Kaepernick's case, he's a six year veteran. He's won at really high levels. He knows all the pressures that come with his position at this point. He's also meant more mentally mature now than he's ever been in his entire career. He was arrogant and very and very stubborn in the early parts of his career. That was very evident. You know, the chip on your shoulder, I have something to prove. I think at this point, he's like, I just want to play because I love the game and I want to do a good job and I'm still going to be competitive. But at the same time, I realize that I'm six years into this and I don't have a lot of time left. So I got to be smart about the time that I have left. Uh, I get that from him. That's the impression I get. If it wasn't like that, then he'd have opted out of his contract a long time ago and said, screw this. I'm out of here. You know, and just kind of kind of pouted his way out the locker, out the locker room figuratively and, and, and gone to free agency. He didn't do that. Why? Because he knows that there's some value here. Why go start fresh on some crappy team or perhaps a veteran team as a backup when I can kind of finish what I started here? And so that here, here's here's the positive. So if you if you keep Kaepernick, you have somebody, just like I said, who is competent, who has been through numerous offensive playbook styles in Harbaugh to Jim Tomsula to Chip Kelly, all different styles, and now Kyle Shanahan. If you stay you're going to help this team because Kyle Shanahan's not going to say, I'm just going to rewrite a playbook and you're going to have to figure it out. No, he's going to say, you know what? I see your strengths. I'm going to tailor this offense around those strengths. And then you can pick up the other the other pieces of the part that are new to you. But for the majority, this playbook is going to be very familiar to you because it's going to be tailored around what you do best. And all you have to do is just memorize all the stuff that that you don't re- that's not familiar with you and then put it together with the stuff that you do know. And then, boom, we have a seamless transition. Now, what happens if you get a brand new quarterback into the equation? Not only does the quarterback have to learn a brand new playbook that is NFL caliber playbook, meaning it is far more complicated than anything he studied at college, 
but he's going to have to also adjust to his teammates that he's just meeting for the first time. And he's also going to have, more importantly, he's going to have to adjust to the defensive speed of NFL def- of NFL teams, which is much more harder. So he's like, I have to acclimate to NFL defensive speed. I have to acclimate to all my teammates that I don't know. I have to establish relationships with all those teammates, especially my wide receivers. And I also have to learn this playbook that is really complicated and beyond anything I've studied in college in terms of football. So that's way more assimilating that a player is going to have to do, which is going to create a much more difficult transition versus if we have a Colin Kaepernick who can help groom him and help establish some of the pieces there with him, with the new guy. He's well, like, not, hey, and I'm not gonna- only that, Raymond, not only that, we, you know, we, we had we just had a, an earlier podcast earlier this week, a gold cast about that. From everything we've read and all the research that we've done, there isn't a quarterback that's capable of doing it in the, that in this draft anyways. You know, so we're not going to – I don't think – again, I don't think we're picking up a, a quarterback that's ready to start in in this draft. I think that, again, you and I both hold to it. I know keeping cap is a, is a controversial, very d- d- divisive topic, and I'm sure we're going to hear about it in the comments on, on YouTube or on Facebook, whether or not whether or not uh, faithful agree. That's all good. Uh, but either way, I understand your point, and I agree with your point. And I think the bottom line, when if we're bringing it back to Jay Cutler for a second, he doesn't show the even the necessary intangibles to show that he's even worth being a stopgap quarterback for one year, or as Max Kellerman calls him, a tackling dummy. I think a tackling dummy in practice is about all he's worth. But putting him on the starting lineup, uh, game one of the 49ers inaugural season with Kyle Shanahan as a head coach, is not the way to go. And that is not the kind of leadership or complete lack thereof leadership you want to have when if you're going to be if you're going to be starting off this team that's not starting off the team in the psychological the psychological place you want them to be you're you're putting them in with a quarterback who seems to accept and strive for mediocrity and doesn't really seem to care that's not the kind of person you want leading a bunch of young guys who are in the beginning of a very intense complete reboot and rebuilding process do you agree with that I do agree with that. I, Jay Cutler, at best, is a backup. He's he's a, he's a Blaine Gabbert. He's a Christian Ponder. He's he's a Thad Lewis. He's all those guys. That's that's what he is. That's all he is. And at this point, you know, I wouldn't even keep those three guys because they're saying like, hey, Matt Schaub might come over. I think if Matt Schaub came over, that'd be great because Matt Schaub is a, is a Pro Bowler. Um, he's a he's one yeah, I'm fine. Under I'm fine Shannon. with Matt Schaub there, too. There's there's familiarity there, so I think that that. That helps sell the transition to me. The helps sell the the trade or the 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 uh, acquisition. That's easier to me. So, but but you still need you need a bridge. You need a uh, you need a bridge. You need somebody that's going to help bridge the team from now until when they're competitive again. And Colin Kaepernick's the best answer. Now, people are saying like, okay, well, what about the contract? Well, that obviously is going to be a huge. That's all the stuff that we're not hearing about in terms of how these meetings are going because we're getting vague, you know, two sentence answers about this. So we're not getting the details of, of what these what's happening in these meetings and we never will. But one of the topics of discussion, I guarantee you, is going to be the financial aspect, because at this point they're saying, hey, Colin, we love you. You're great. You're a terrific talent. We've seen what you've done in the past. We know that 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 capabilities within inside you. But at the same time, based on where we're at now, based on the level of play we're seeing that you have been exhibiting, despite the fact that some of your supporting cast members are not as good as they were, you're still not, this is still, this doesn't necessarily merit the paycheck you're getting. So in order to make this work, you not, yeah, I, you, you have think to there's not an, only- You think there's another restructuring ahead, uh, 
in in line well, possibly there ha- there, for this. There has to be. I I, I would guarantee it. Uh, I would I would bet on it. I would bet everything I've got on it because that's the way it has to. Be. That's the way it has to work now. Even though we don't, we technically have eighty million on the books. We do, and, and but here's the thing: Colin's not playing, and and we're not the team that can afford that kind of guy. In the future, we can. Um, when all the other pieces are coming into play too, but this just doesn't mathematically doesn't make sense. Financially, it doesn't make sense. Uh, Colin Kaepernick has not been that quarterback in in a few years now, and at the same time, to be fair, it's not all on him. <laughs> That's totally a fair argument. At the same, so here's what happens: if he decides to play ball, and I think him switching agents is a sign to that that he's willing to negotiate. He's like, hey, I'm going to get rid of this guy. I'm going to get a new guy. We're going to come in here. We're going to let's let's figure something out. That it's it's. I, I, it's guessing. I'm no, I'm no expert. I don't pretend to be. But to me, it looks like a potential sign that he's open to negotiate. The fact that he's still on the team and hasn't voted his, voided his contract is another sign that he's willing to stick around and negotiate. He obviously knows that that's going to be a part of the deal. So if he sticks around and says, all right, I, I'll, I'll void the contract and hit free agency, then, then he's gone. But if he doesn't decide to stay, what happens is the Niners then void his contract and then re, restructure it. And say, hey, we're going to void your contract now. We're going to restructure it. We're going to give you some money. We're not going to give you everything that you would have gotten the previous deal, but we're going to give you a good chunk of that, anyways. I would say, you know, like maybe half of that is is fair. Um, could be even less. Who knows? I don't know what John Lynch's negotiating, you know, skills are like, or what, how well versed he's going to be in that part of it. I know Prague Marate is going to be involved in that part too, but at the same time, um, that's going to be a part of it because. A lot of money has to go into the rebuilding of this team. Colin Kaepernick's not the future. He's a interim piece right now. That's that, and that's just how it is now. That's where yeah. We're past and we, his he had his he had yeah. his three year moment in time, and it didn't pan out the way we wanted to. He has been loyal to the team and has stuck through some pretty bad regimes. And I think he deserves to at least finish out and bow gracefully. And I think I agree with you. I think given his his length on the team and how long he's been there, he is still the current answer. Back again, and then we've got to go because we're we're really cutting it close now. Jay Cutler is not the answer. We agree. Love you, Max Kellerman. Uh, thank you, Jeff Saturday, but no way. I'm on with Stephen A. Smith all the way on this. He is not the answer. He has in no way shown any reason why he is even capable of being on the starting lineup of the 49ers team uh, come next year or come this year at the beginning of the season. On top of that, I agree. I think Cap is your best bet at this point or possibly another vet like Matt Schaub. There is no one on the draft. There is no one on the draft horizon that is ready to go this year behind the behind center. I agree with all that. So, and you, and you certainly don't need to be giving up draft picks late or mid-tier for a 10-year NFL quarterback who's never really accomplished anything. Besides that killer contract that Mark Tressman gave him. Mark, Tre- Mark Tressman was a terrible head coach. He's not a very good offensive coordinator. He was fired from the Ravens last year. He's yeah. not he's not good at coaching professional football unless it's like arena football. I think he was pretty decent. Is it arena or CFL? I don't remember. It doesn't matter because it's I don't care what Mark Tressman does. Anyways, yeah. that's pretty much his agent's great. He's great at hiring agents. <laughs> there it is. I mean, awesome. Honestly, Mark Tressman's probably his biggest ability is to make uh Jay Cutler rich. That was the the his strongest ability as a coach. Other than that, real quick, Ray, like two more minutes. We've then we've gotta go. But 
I want to touch on last night's dis- complete dismantling of Clippers at Warriors. The 50-point third quarter. Dre, Draymond Green does get ejected again. And, of course, the trades and and even our, our talk shows, like First Take, are talking again. Is Draymond a liability? It makes me laugh because we're like a week ahead of this curve. We were already talking about this at the beginning of the week. And now a week later, people are now catching on to this story. Uh, do you think he's still – do you think he is still a liability? I was – I. I was so happy about the 50-point quarter, but then, I, no, he doesn't get ejected. I'm sorry. I, think, I might have known if I said, maybe, no, he got another tech. He gets another big tech, and, you know, there's this big blow-up on the side of the, uh, on the side of the, uh, of the court and uh, with, with the bench, and I just want to hear your thoughts really quick on A, the 50-point quarter, and B, Draymond Green, and then we got to go. This is what the 50-point quarter tells me is that the Warriors – First of all, the third quarter seems to continue, just like last season, continues to be their strongest quarter of any game. Um, Their fourth quarter is probably their weakest quarter, but that's usually because they have an enormous lead and they start to bring in their second and third stringers um, just to kind of hold them off enough to to keep the game out of reach. But, uh, But in terms of Draymond... I don't know. I don't think he's a liability. I think this is the same thing we saw, although, uh, you know, the the tech numbers are down by comparison. But at the same time, and and also the other thing to keep in mind, folks, is that the the tech count, all all of that resets for the playoffs. So it's it's a complete a complete brand new uh, slate for him. So none of that will carry over. So that's the good news. Um, At the same time, I think. Right now, he's just going to be Draymond. Draymond is Draymond, regardless, even though we had this conversation before, and I think that he ha- he's capable of controlling his emotions on the court. He's a completely different beast. Uh, Larry Bird was the same way. He was ruthless on the court, completely nice butterfly off the court. You know, the, the way he, him and Magic Johnson uh, was a good example because on the court, they seemed to hate each other. But outside the court, uh, Larry Bird was instrumental in in helping counsel with with magic johnson when he was going through some tough times and and magic johnson was in tears because of that because he was like oh my god he was taken aback he thought you know he thought like oh i i thought this guy didn't like me but you know he's it's it's all on, it's all left on the court and i think that's that's kind of how draymond operates where even though outside he seems capable of controlling his emotions in interviews and breaking down uh game games on the court, it's a completely different story, and he switch turns on. I think this should, that's just who Draymond is. There's there's nothing we can do about it. The good news is it'll all reset in the playoffs, and I think because he still has the finals uh, game five stuck in his head, he'll use that once he gets into the playoffs. He's not thinking that right now. He's going game to game to game, which is what he says in his interviews. That's what they all say because Kerr keeps him in line. But once they get into the playoffs, that's going to be looming in the back of his head. I think he'll check himself appropriately or accordingly once they get to that level. And, but, but between... But before then, uh, until then, we're just going to continue to see. Yeah, exactly. We're going to see typical Jamon. He's still going to turn it up in the playoffs, but he's going to he's going to control himself to a degree to till to, to he gets to that edge, and that's when he's going to help, and that's when he's going to taper it down a bit because he knows if he doesn't, it, he could lead to another situation where he gets ejected in the finals or suspended. Well, there it is. Uh, and then again, fifty point quarter. Steph Curry is raining threes. Uh, KD with some really killer clutch uh, threes himself. And then, of course, you got that Sean Livingston super, super block uh, that came out of nowhere. I'm not a big fan of the Clippers. I've never been a big fan of the Clippers. As you guys know, I'm a San Francisco born and raised native. I live in Los Angeles. I do not like the Clippers 
at all. They're just they're just not a team for me. There's, there's no rivalry. No, there's there's not a rivalry <laughs> when you lose nine straight. No, not at all. Raymond, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Ray Solis. Boom. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Rudy Solis third, Rudy Solis three RD. Don't forget, check out our brand new Instagram page. You, you'll see those posts that we referenced with uh, Max Kellerman and First Take and Jay Cutler. It's all there on our Instagram page at The Goldcast. You can also find us on Facebook.com slash The Goldcast, YouTube.com slash The Goldcast, iTunes and Stitcher, and of course, Twitter at the goldcast underscore so concludes another edition of the goldcast we are the voice of the bay i'm your host rudy salisa third and with me is my brother my co-host raymond salisa first baby boom we'll see you next time same goldcast time same goldcast channel fuck jake cutler (laughs) this is the goldcast